0: Thank you for joining us today at Miniature Wargaming Labs. This is James and today I'm joined by special guest, Matt. How are you doing today, Matt? Doing all right. Oh, good to hear. So, as you can hear, there's a plane flying overhead. We're underneath the flight path of uh, Reagan International Airport because I am in Alexandria, Virginia at the corner of North Washington Street and White Street, is it, Mm -hmm. Matt? Okay, and so that's where your hobby place is located. Uh, so just for the listeners, frequently I've mentioned a store, Eagle and Empire, which the store owner retired. And Matt, your company decided to step in, take over the legacy of the store, and decided to revamp it. And I have to admit, I am fascinated by that idea of like a chain of game stores regionally focused. Um, and also providing you know, a game store services to like, what we like to call a game store desert because you are the first game store inside the Beltway that I can
1: think of. So why don't you talk about what your hobby place is and where you're located? Well, uh, like Gene said, we're we're here in Alexandria for our third store. It's our grand opening today um, and yesterday. But we've got our first store actually opened in 2007 in Martinsburg, West Virginia. And then our second store we opened in 2017 in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Um, and then the last couple months, we've been getting this one set up after uh, Eagle and Empire closed. And uh, Doug, who actually stopped by yesterday at the, oh, I the grand them. opening, oh, man. he uh, came by to say hey to some people and uh, talk to the old gaming group. Uh, but working with him to get this uh, this location set up has been uh, it's been taxing, but, but <laughs> I've been very excited about like a new new place because Martinsburg and Fredericksburg are a little bit smaller cities. Uh, a lot smaller than Alexandria, so it's pretty, pretty exciting there. And with Eagle and Empire, it's it's always nice to find a. Uh, we did the same thing in in Fredericksburg. Found a store where the owner was was looking to close, but it was a well-respected store in the community. Um, so we kind of buy out their stuff, their fixtures, their product, and uh, and their goodwill kind of thing, and then carry on the the community. Um, and I'm Excited about that idea because it's kind of hard to retire as a game store owner. I think your retirement plan is essentially sell your product off and <laughs> close. Uh, not many companies are able to actually buy your company, so it also kind of helps other game store owners sell off their company rather than just sell their stuff and gives uh, us a baseline.
0: Uh, a liquidity event. Yeah, yeah. yeah there we go. Uh, Well, so I should say your store is actually north of the old store, and we're actually not as
1: the crow flies were what three miles north it's it's pretty close to about three miles like two two point something i think
0: yeah so but it might as well be separate worlds because inside the beltway versus outside Mm -hmm. so like the original store was outside the beltway and what used to pass is the old suburbs of dc um so you had like a shopping grocery store standard um uh, there's Roy Rogers, yeah, which Roy did Rogers, not yeah. follow yeah. you up here. I'm, I'm disappointed in that. <laughs> but you know that in that three, moving that three miles north, you're more of a, an urban area. So we're surrounded by um, mixed use office space. Um, we got a, We're sitting right above a Trader Joe's right now, um, and there's a bunch of apartments and townhomes I could never hope to afford. Um, but that that's a different idea because parking's a little bit more restricted. So why why that move away from the old suburbs into I guess I hate to say a hipper
1: or yeah. urban environment? Uh, well, it's it is a little bit of a risk due to extra costs up here. Like pretty much everything's going to cost more. Uh, obviously, the rent costs more being on a main main road. Uh, but it's also a lot closer to. Uh, places, like destination places that people come, like downtown Alexandria and like all of Old Town, plus uh, being surrounded by all these, like you said, the, uh, the townhouses and the, the uh, apartments above offices. and everything. So there's, there's a lot of people around. So we're kind of hoping that that'll be uh, a draw a little bit so they don't have to drive out anywhere and people leaving from work don't have to cross the beltway to come down. They can just stop by after work for either a game or just stop and pick up uh, some supplies they need. And it's, it's a little bit, like I said, a risk and a test to see like, okay, well, as you said before, it's kind of like a game store desert. and See, well, will this work? And I think we've kind of got uh, a business plan and, and like our procedures set in place. So like, if it's gonna work, it'll, it'll probably work for us. Yeah, so I will say,
0: I picked the hope. so when I come out here, I stay on Union Street. So right by the water. And to go to Eagle, I, I'd have to get into my car. Right. And have to. But here, I clocked it at a 16-minute walk uh, from the corner of Union King, which is where all the tourists, okay. like, drop. they get in their buses and they all drop off right there. So you're a 16-minute walk, and, not, and that wasn't the fastest walk. That was actually, I walked up, you know, the manicured lawns of the Potomac and then walked inland to get to you. So you're actually very close to that idea of, like, if you were a mom or parents, and you wanted to tell your kids just go north, what, four,
1: five blocks? Yeah, from the from waterfront, yeah. Yeah,
0: uh, just go go there and leave me alone for the next couple <laughs> hours. <laughs> uh, your, your store is actually uh, well located for that, so yeah. it seems like um, you're in between Old Town Alexandria and Del Rey, so you're where the hip young kids are buying their apartments and their condos and... Um, but that leaves down the business model because those hip, young, um, working professionals are like the role 20 oh, yeah. uh, Critical Role, whatever they're called. I don't, I don't RPG anymore. But they're the ones that are really into D&D. So you have that business facet, which is it's really popular right now. You could move a lot of books probably if you wanted to. Um, but then there's the high square footage usage like um, tabletop board gamers. And I know like Games Workshop normally targets like middle schoolers. Mm -hmm. Um, So do you, with your grand opening, I know you had a soft opening, and now with your grand opening, what kind of people are coming into the store? I noticed some of the old crowd from Eagle, not Mm -hmm. everyone, but I did notice some of the Flames of War and Team Yankee guys in there. So what kind of people are you
1: getting into the store? We've seen uh, a pretty wide range um, I think it helps that at all three of our stores we kind of diversify a lot. We don't. We're not like a Magic store or a Warhammer store or d and D store. We, we do pretty much everything that you can do on a game, uh, on a game table. Um, so, board games, card games, minis, and RPGs, uh, plus like model kits and stuff.
0: Yes, you have gunpla. Yeah. I've noticed a lot of stores stealing that from the like the RC cars in Albuquerque, mm-hmm. they all carry like huge selections of gun plus. So you actually have some gun plus sets and up to the master
1: level. Yeah, yeah you get people coming in looking for different different levels and I thought it was pretty quick. It's nice to have the master ones for the guys who are really into it. Yeah. But uh, w- with uh, this store, we've, we've seen people from all over coming through, people who are visiting town like yourself or people who are just like, oh yeah, it's awesome that I have a game store I can walk through. And I was surprised at how much D&D there was. I expected a lot. But almost everybody who's come in at least plays a role-playing game. Uh, We've seen a lot of that, a lot of historicals, because I think just Northern Virginia just has a lot of historical players. And then a lot of the Eagle and Empire uh, carryover, those guys all play historicals as well. And Warhammer's been very large as well. Um, the only one we haven't seen as much of in the store is board games, but we've seen quite a lot of people stopping by to buy board games for playing at home and stuff. Well, I was looking
0: at your back wall there. You've got a couple board games. Is that going to be a board game wall, like mm-hmm. for
1: in-store play, like checkout type thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what we do is uh, anytime that a company will allow us to buy a demo game, we'll put it up there. We also do a set of two to three demos on rotation. We'll have, uh, I don't know if you saw by the front door, one small little round table. And we have another one that we will play with in the store. Sometimes we, we put it out on the street to like ask people coming by. And as we get those, we'll get demo copies for them. And we'll, when we're done running the demos, we'll put it on the back so people can come in and just play, uh, just walk up and say, like, hey, I'm going to grab a game off the shelf and play here. Go ahead.
0: All right, because I think my big interest is when I travel here is could I show up and play a game? Mm -hmm. So you brought up D&D. Is Adventurers League a big thing? And also uh, Friday Night Magic? Because I think those are like the um, two like nationally recognized events that people go and expect. Friday Night Magic and Adventurers League. I think where I'm from, it's Friday and Saturday. That's where everyone, all the staff on hands on Friday and Saturday to make sure you can handle that kind of crowd. Um, is that where you're going with this, to get established in the, uh, the Magic circuit and the uh, AL circuit?
1: So for uh, Friday and Magic, that was the first one that we actually scheduled the event for, because it has to be Friday, right? Yeah. So as soon as we opened for our soft opening, we, we scheduled that one. For everything else, we've been using the soft open to kind of gauge what day a week works best for the players. So we didn't want to say, like, okay, X-Wing is on Thursday night, and then find out that none of the X-Wing players can do Thursday night. Uh, Adventures League has been one of those. So we've scheduled several different uh, store-sponsored D&D games and several groups who have come in and played games. We haven't started Adventures League yet. It's going to start uh, at the beginning of August. And we're actually going to do a couple days a week, and it's looking like it's going to be Wednesday and Saturday to start, and then we'll expand from there. But we have a way that we do it at the Your Hobby Places that kind of rewards the, um, the DMs a little bit, where people buy little Adventure League tokens from us, and then to get into the game, you give the DM two of the tokens. Oh, okay. And then each month we'll have specials uh, for only use with the tokens. So if you have 80 tokens, you can get this model kind of thing.
0: Okay. So let's talk about how much square footage... Um, you got so how, how big is the store and I was actually surprised when you guys secured this space Because that much square footage inside the beltway
1: in alexandria That that is that's a ballsy move right there. It's a bit risky. It's a uh, It's a bit harder to find because we our business plan requires quite a lot of square footage like our store in martinsburg 6800 our uh, store in Fredericksburg's just under 7,300 square feet, so both of our other stores are, are quite large, mm. uh, because we put a lot of the focus on the gaming and playing. And People ask us, like, hey, can we come in and play games? Like, definitely, like, we'd love to see the games being played. And we believe, like, to sell the, the games, you have to play them in store. So this one's a bit smaller than our other ones, but like you said, it's hard to find a large square foot that's uh, affordable within, within the beltway. This one's 2,800 square feet. Uh, so it's a little bit smaller than our others, but it's larger than we started our first uh, 2007. <laughs> that was 1,200 square feet, then we moved to 2,000, and we just expanded from there. Well, I, I have
0: to admit, when you said you uh, started the company in 2007, that was right before the bubble popped right right there. So the fact that you made it to here, where you have three stores um, spread throughout uh, the region, that, that is impressive to... Because gaming is not something people need to live, right. but you made it through a couple bubble pops there to, to this point to where you're actually, like, got some of the... You're actually, what, less than a mile from a diplomatic establishment. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the Philippine embassy staff ever wants to come down and play a game, you're there for them. That'd be great. I love the Philippines. I'd, I would treat those people. <laughs> So, well, the reason I asked about square footage is because um, I went in the store, how many um, six by four tables would you say you have versus the um, what I call more like the cafeteria magic, the gathering tables, because you do have a little bit of play there. So you are in that point of deciding like as you're testing out the different days of how much percentage of square feet is going to be stock, how much percentage is going to be gaming and within the gaming you've got to make a choice between the 6, six by 4 tables mm-hmm. for the standard full battle rattle uh, war game or historical and games workshop guys versus, you know, the Friday Night Magic and Pokemon guys who you can just jam in there like sardines and they've got more space than what they need. Right. So um, how
1: do you have it set up now? Like, what's your what's your usage mix between the two worlds? So since this one's smaller than our others, we, we went about it a little bit different. We've got these really nice game theory tables. They're uh, a company that does specially made gaming tables with sections to put like cards. It's got a a table cover that you can use to keep it like a miniature six by four. Or if you remove it, it's like a board game or card game setup. Uh, and they're they're very nice. We use four of those to have set up for miniatures regularly. And then we have eight. Uh, three-foot-by-six-foot tables for card games and board games and such. And that gives us a little bit of flex, because with the game theory tables, we can remove the tops and use it as card or board game tables, too, if we have an event that we need more space for, like a magic event or something. And we also get these uh, nice table toppers that we put onto the card game tables that turns it into a six-by-four. That way, if we ever need to expand... so For instance, yesterday we had quite a few people running demos for miniatures games for us. So we had the four tables and then a fifth table that was running Command Decision. So we set up one of those card tables, put on the tabletop, and turned it into a 6x4. Okay. So that's, that's something I haven't seen
0: before, is the double-use tables. Because normally the choice is made to buy, like... Because most historic wargamers want to stand... Mm-hmm. And so you need the higher raised tables. The card players don't want to stand; they want to sit down. So you got to make that choice of the shorter tables. So I think, like the store I go to, they just pick six by four tables mm-hmm. and put them so you could sit at them, stand if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like that idea of having custom tables to where you can actually change the tops there. Um, so I think when I was in there, gentlemen, I believe you, uh, one of the other employees like took the cover off and he actually had the game set up inside there. So I love that idea, especially for like long-term historical games. Mm -hmm. It's like if you ever have to walk away, you as the store owner don't have to be upset if someone's bogging down a table, like I'm going to take, I'll come back in two days and finish this up. Well, theoretically you can just put the cover over it Mm -hmm. and you still have three days of use and a person can come back and just take
1: the cover off and the game's still there. So, we've got a lot of use out of that already. Uh, like you said, the game from yesterday, we were running that Eagles of Empire game, which is the Franco Prussian skirmish or Franco Prussian Wars skirmish size. And uh, we did the demos yesterday, and we're doing the demos today. So, we just put the cover on yesterday rather than pack everything up and unpack <laughs> it again.
0: No, I, I love that. So, you when I go into your store, you have a special rack for Eagle of Empire, mm-hmm. and you have a little sign up for it, and you're running demo games. So you actually have um, special relationships with certain games and certain companies, which is I think something I've heard of, but I've never actually met anyone who's actually done it. Mm-hmm. So how would,
1: how would you expli- explain that special relationship that you have and which companies do you have it with? So we've actually done this for a long time as part of our, our plan to find a way to work with companies that's like a mutual, mutually beneficial plan. Uh, For instance, at the HMGS Conventions, the Historical Miniature Gaming Society, they do three conventions a year, so we work with companies there. And Eagles of Empire, uh, they're a newer game, and uh, the owner is from Europe, so he doesn't have a lot over here in the States. So we kind of contacted him and asked him, hey, we'd love to uh, carry your game. We'd also be interested in in working with you in spreading your game through either distribution or running it at conventions. So that's one that right now we're working with him uh, pretty closely. He sends us handouts to give out at our uh, grand opening. He's doing it again. We're having an anniversary bash in uh, August, and he's got stuff for Historicon. He sent us stuff for all those to, to hand out to people. Uh, and we're running in exchange. We're carrying his stuff here uh, in all our stores, and we're going to represent him at uh, the Historicon convention next week. And running demos. Like no, this is the one up in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah, the one in Lancaster. So we also work with um, Battlefront and Warlord. Right now, we're Warlord's representative. When they go to the HMJS conventions, they usually send down an employee. John. Yeah, John or uh, Will. Okay. Uh, both of John. And, uh, I've met John. I haven't met Will. Yeah, John is a. They're both great guys. John is very good at the job. <laughs> he shows up at the events and stuff. <laughs> he has that larger than life booming voice when he oh, rolls in there. <laughs> so they they send people uh, to run events for us, and they send us special things to hand out to So we like to make it official. Um, they've given us uh, flag pennant or flag uh, banners to hang in our convention er, in our convention booths as well. Uh, Warlord is probably the biggest company we've ever worked with. Oh, yeah. With. And they actually, since we work with them closely during the conventions, they come down to our, our anniversary weekends. And we basically do a summer anniversary weekend and a winter bash weekend every year, uh, where it's basically mini-conventions. We get 1,000 to 1,500 1, people over the, the course of the weekend coming in for events and giveaways and such. And Warlord comes to those as well. They send people down to run events and hand out stuff. Uh, Battlefront does as well. And uh, we've had DGS. Uh, they're a smaller game company. They do a game called Three Blades. It's a pretty cool skirmish fantasy game. They send people out sometimes as well. Okay. So you've got not just a,
0: let's say, front office retail mm-hmm. facing business, but you also have a... Uh, U.S. distribution side, is that a part of the business you're looking to grow? I mean, is there a eventual idea... Because if you m- combine distribution with retail, the retail outlets give you a guaranteed distribution foothold. Mm-hmm. And since you're regionally located, like for someone in Europe, it's like, okay, I get a foothold in the mid-Atlantic U.S., start building a gaming community and push it north-south-west there. Is, it, is that a part of the business that you would someday make like the main business, like, um, you'd actually be a distribution company with kind of little storefronts everywhere, and so you could be the kingmakers of the uh, miniature gaming world of like, you know, well, we got to work with your hobby place, they can make or crush a game. Yeah, that would be great. That's kind of a,
1: you know, the future pie in the sky kind of.
0: Oh, you already have the shaved head. Give you a white cat there and you, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you want your game to succeed Will you come through me. <laughs> you know?
1: So we do, right now, we distribute for uh, Stand 2 games. They do um, Forager and Over Malvern Hill, Over Bunker Hill, those games. Uh, we're their official distributor for the U- United States, but since it's them and Eagle, uh, Eagles of Empire, a little bit smaller stuff, we don't need past. But I would like a, eventually, you know, like I was saying, future Pie in the Sky idea, a store connected to a warehouse, and that would allow us to kind of expand that uh distribution and expand like online sales as well okay because we get a lot of people that we meet through the conventions and when they come to the conventions they say like yeah when i come to you guys see if you have what i need and if you do i get it from you if you don't then i'll look elsewhere but they always want to come to us first just because of the the connections we've built with them over the years and then oftentimes they ask us if they can place orders with us online so we've, we're trying to look to expand that too so people who are used to us and they want to buy from us specifically, like we can make it easier on them rather than messaging the store just have a website that they can <laughs> click and say, I want this. Well, you can make it like, uh, I don't know how old you are,
0: but there's a time you get like your paper catalog. Yeah. And you get your credit card and your phone and you call someone and like read off the stock numbers, <laughs> credit card number, and then you get your shipment in the
1: mail. <laughs> yeah. like, Looking to make it a little easier than, than that. <laughs> than that. Kind of how it is now. They call the store and, like, hey, uh, I'm so and so. I met you guys at this event. I'd like to place this order. Make it easy on those people.
0: Well, you know, that since you also have that the retail space, but you have conventions, is there a certain like um, territory you stick to when you do conventions? Like you're east of the Appalachians, east of the Mississippi, that type of thing? Because I could imagine, like, if you did the whole country. It would get expensive to travel around like that. Right. But then you'd be leaving... you do all this um, hype and bridge building to just then leave money on the table because there'd be someone from some, like, Seattle, saying, oh, I'd buy from you, but you're on the East Coast. You might have come to a convention, but, like, you're my only sign of life for this game.
1: Right.
0: So, and you don't have a web presence, so I can buy this. So this does seem like to be in like, a, a food...
1: Fug- fugue state transitional period of like which way do you want to go with that business yeah we kind of keep within pretty much five hours oh okay that way we keep it close enough that uh like i said a lot of what we do at the conventions and the events is is build that connection like people we we run games we sponsor games and we we, in the vendor halls and people kind of look for us after they get used to it and uh Usually, I think past five hours is, is a little bit too far because you're not going to get the same people in the conventions every year unless it's something huge like Gen Con, right? Yeah. Uh, you're not going to get the same people and it's going to be harder to build a connection. Like you said, somebody's in Seattle and they're like, yeah, well, if the people who do all the games are in Mid Atlantic and I'm in Seattle, I'm not really. <laughs> well, I mean, but five hours from
0: the DC, that puts you, what, you can get to New York
1: mm-hmm.
0: and what, Georgia? So I mean that is a huge chunk of uh, territory to cover. So we've gone
1: as far as South Carolina, I think, so far. Um, well, now we can count five hours from Alexandria. We usually count it from Martinsburg to Cerrado, oh, okay. our flagship store. So it goes doesn't go quite as far, uh, but it's still pretty pretty much circle around DC area. <laughs> so, um, with this point,
0: since you. I appreciate the high-risk venture. Like, um, you have a beautiful store. It was at 20-foot ceilings, um, brand-new tables. Brand, I mean, it was a brand-new building. Uh, they tore down that building, turned it into a hole in the ground, and they built your store. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any idea, like, um, how much time you've given yourself? You know,
1: we're going to give ourselves a year, two years, see how this plays out. Yeah, usually we, we look... After, a, well, we check monthly, but after a year, we kind of really sit at it and say, like, okay, has this grown to the point that it's it's going to work? And I feel pretty confident because it looks pretty similar to the first month we had in Fredericksburg. Okay. Like, it started pretty low as people get to know who we are, where we're at, and then it just slowly is growing as, we, uh, as we're going. And then this, this weekend has been... A big boon to kind of see like most of the people who've known us and tons of people who who didn't know we were here still coming by. Uh, so probably yeah, after after about a year to eighteen months, we'll we'll really kind of review it and see like was this a good risk or was this uh, a <laughs> volcano? Well, really okay so the thing I noticed about the high
0: ceilings is that you actually solve some of the inventory issues Doug had at the old place mm-hmm. because it's how much of my square footage do I lot to gaming space and retail space versus like how deep of a bench of material can I carry? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you've just got tire walls, so you have shelves that go <laughs> all the way up uh, that one wall there, and you just keep on stacking stuff up into the ceiling. So it's like that's, that is a really good solution for not needing a lot of infa- dead inventory space but still having the same amount of inventory
1: there. Yeah, yeah we needed a, a way around the store being smaller than our others. Or others, we have storage spaces in the back that we can keep our excess stock. And like you said, we don't really have that here, but we get to a double feature, right? We get to display stuff high up so you walk in and you just see a whole whole wall of product, yeah. right? Which looks kind of cool, I think. And then also it doubles as our storage.
0: So let me ask you, a lot of this is going to depend on what customer acquisition and customer yeah. education. So... Um, you took over the Facebook page of Eagle and Empire, and um, I guess when I message you, it still shows up as Eagle and Empire <laughs> <laughs> there. But, um, so how do you see it? Cause I, I think when you tell people about this, it's, hey, that's cool. And uh, stuff like Stranger Things has made D&D cool. Mm-hmm. That d and the intro to like, hey, do you like playing with miniatures? Well, 20 more, and you've got a skirmish game. 200 more, we're playing... Um, actual tabletop games. So there's that educational product process to like get a new customer in, um, but there's always that that step of telling someone, hey, this even exists. you right. even know that what they're looking at, this is it. Um, and you're the first people I've ever seen use a game store hawker. Uh, yesterday, like guy standing out front, like we're in uh, Tijuana, like, hey, come <laughs> on in. There's games inside. Come on, you come in. <laughs> so. Um, what what's your strategy for trying to um, acquire you know the uh, young gaming padawans mm-hmm. to come into your store? Kind
1: of generate new gamers, rather. Yeah. Than, right. So the the first month and probably for the next couple months is, is going to be more of a focus on uh, the already existing gamers in the area, so people who who already know about D and D and play and and all that. Uh, as we're rather new, but after that we we figured it out pretty well from our other two stores. Uh, we work with libraries a lot. Okay, so we'll I haven't heard events. that one. Uh-huh. At, at the libraries, or do you just advertise at the libraries? We'll run events for them at the library. And uh, we always keep a, a family-friendly store, uh, so we don't allow cursing within the store, and, um, you know, like bullying or anything like that. And that's one of the things that makes it really easy for us to work with libraries, because they want kind of the same, right? They want a, a respectable store in there. Um, So we'll run events for them, and the only pay that we take is that we hand out flyers at the end and let people know, like, hey, if you enjoyed these games, stop by the store, we'll show you some more. Uh, We often work with uh, other businesses as well, like bars and stuff. We'll do game nights. Oh, really? Okay. We show up with our board games. Are you thinking, like, trivia?
0: Oh, board games? I didn't know if you meant, like, trivia nights. I know those got big. Uh, for a while
1: there. So you I actually bring games board... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually bring the board games and like okay. let people play. We take a, a ploy or two and kind of teach the people how to play, introduce new people to the games. Uh, that way we're generating new gamers, not just trying to find gamers that already exist.
0: Look, I didn't know if you were using like that Facebook targeted marketing because I know there's a couple Facebook pages that just serve gamers that are in the Nova area, and it's like, I'll post on that page, and I'll pay Facebook to jam my ad mm-hmm.
1: down their throats constantly. It seems something targeted there. <laughs> yeah, we use the Facebook, like the boosted posts and the ads uh, pretty pretty regularly, especially when we use them for um, big events, like the grand opening. Yeah, We threw some money at Facebook and said, yeah, do this area up to 50 miles away kind of thing because generally what we do is like a 50 mile radius um, might not need to do 50 miles here in Alexandria since uh, <laughs> that goes pretty well, far <laughs>
0: I've, I've noticed that there there is a mental block um, so I used to live across the river in Prince George's County so I'd come over the bridge and it would take me say 30 minutes to get to like where all the tourists want to be and people used to come up to me, oh, where are you from? So I'm from Maryland. Oh, that's so far. It's like, it can take you an hour to get from the west side of Alexandria City to the east side, which is where <laughs> we are now. But you think of that as close. It's like there's sometimes a mental block for certain people in the outlying suburbs mm-hmm. to come to a central core area. Um, and I'd have that um, after uh, Eagle and Empire left. I was There were certain games I bought just because... They were played at there. I, I bought Team Yankee and Bolt mm-hmm. Action. That was the store I went to play. played. So when it shut down, It's like, oh, man, I bought these games with the idea to play them. And whenever I'd go onto Facebook and it's like, hey, want to play Battletech or this. I checked out, like, the hotel. I've got, like, a bar next to me. I mean, come on down. And it's like, well, no, I'm – that's too far.
1: It's like,
0: You're 10 minutes away. Come
1: on. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that a bit. It's something that uh... – Confuses me a bit because I'm I'm from the country originally, and then I spent most of my 20s living in China, which is very large as well. And uh, so, 10 minutes is like a cl- very very close thing to me. 20, 30 minutes, that's like down the road. So coming to Alexandria and talking to people was like, oh yeah, I, I would love to come to your store more often, but it's 15 minutes away. I'm like, what it's 15 minutes away. <laughs> like that's it. That's very short. You've you've waited you've waited for a metro train longer than that, don't right? <laughs> so the yeah, I think the mental block is a good way to put it. Like people in the area view it that way. So now we gotta show them that we're worth the 15 or 20 minute trip. Well, that's, that's why I'm interested in your hours of
0: operation, because I could always sell it as like, well, I'm going. Cause I used to run the X-wing mm-hmm. at Eagle, and it's like. Well, I'm going to be there after rush hour's over and stay till close. Mm-hmm. And, you know, close around 11. So what, what are your hours of operation? Because I think a certain location and a certain time can seem closer because people just get that, ma- that imagination of what, what
1: city traffic is like. Mm-hmm. So what's your hours of operation at the store? So most of the days we open at noon. Saturday we open at 11. And uh, from what we've seen this weekend, we might move it to 10 and move Sunday to 11 as well. Uh, we're still kind of gauging what's the best. But then we stay open until 9 or later, depending on the day. So F&M, we've got Friday, Friday Night Magic scheduled, so we, we stay a little later. Um, but we bumped it to 9 so people can show up after work, play some games. Uh, some of the days we stay open until 10 because we're running events that we know might go a little later and also gives people a chance to, to show up and play games. Uh, we started in our Fredericksburg location. and It's expanded to our Martinsburg and now Alexandria. A late night day, uh, Fredericksburg does Thursday and Alexandria is doing Wednesday. And it's where it started actually because the employees wanted to have a day where they can just stay. They've got keys, they've got alarm codes. So they just wanted to stay as long as they could and play their games they like. They like playing... uh, It originally started as a Magic the Gathering um, commander night. And now it's kind of expanded to everything. And it goes until whoever the last person with a key leaves. Uh, And so Wednesday has kind of become the night where people can, like, yeah, I'll show up, I'll play two, three games of 40K because they've got the time, they're here pretty late. Uh, But they... Official hours are until 9 or 10 each night, and I think 11 on Friday.
0: Okay. I think uh, so I was used to the last place opening up at 10, mm-hmm. but it helped that they were next to the Safeway, a grocery store. So it's like people would go buy groceries and kind of like, oh, while wow, we're here. So I think back in Albuquerque, our store set up across the parking lot from a Target. Mm-hmm. That was like the biggest boon for sales in the Beyond store well, yeah, <laughs> but you're next to a Trader Joe's and you also have um, I forget what the new grocery store is like a couple uh, blocks Harris so Teeter, Harris Teeter. Yeah. you got a Harris Teeter right there so at least you got a you got a guaranteed pay, place of where families are going and they've got to go by your store to get to where the food is so you, you have that going for you it. it's just now being there at the times they want to come into the store there Right. so let's say I show up to the store um, and I've seen your tables How does... um, Do you have a table reservation system? How are you managing that? Because some stores that don't have a system, you'll have that guy who shows up two hours before he has a game to play, sets all his stuff on the table, then goes and eats for like an hour, and like, say, I could get, you know, a game of Kill Team or two games of Batman in the amount of time. Like, you're just leaving your crap on the table. Yeah, (laughs) you're hogging the table. So do you have
1: a basically a resource management system for how to uh, work with the tables? Yeah, uh, we actually do it a little bit different in the Alexandria store than the others because the others have such a large game space, it's it's very rarely needed. But uh, our manager of this store, Mike, came up with a Google form that's a reservation form, and we've got it pinned on our Facebook and on our Discord, and we have a link to it in the store uh, with a QR code so you can just scan it. and Oh, so I can just range. walk
0: up to I can take my phone, walk into your store, you'll have a QR code, mm-hmm. I scan it with my phone, and that'll take me to your reservation system. Yep. Oh, that, I like that.
1: Yeah, it makes it uh, nice and easy for us because it's, it's real simple for, pe- for people. Uh, we just say, what time and day are you looking to come? What game would you like to play? How many people? How many tables do you need? Okay. And then we keep it on our calendar. We've got a calendar set up that's also pinned in our Facebook and our Discord that shows... Uh, when different events are and when tables are are requested, so you can, you don't have to like make a request for a table and then us tell you like well actually that's already taken. Uh, so that's pinned up there, and uh, we get a notification every time somebody fills it out. We use that add it to the the calendar so long everything is is Gucci, and uh, yeah, it's been pretty well received so far. Very nice, uh, the old Evo and Empire game, gamers, they've uh, used it and they, they're pretty happy with it because they know they can have, they'll have a table set there. Uh, we also, since we do have like the four tables and then eight for for card-sized tables, uh, we have open gaming too. So if there's not a reservation, uh, people are welcome to just stop by and be like, hey, I thought I'd stop by and see if I could get a game. And as long as not all the tables are reserved, people are welcome to just set up and play. Okay. No fee or anything. Now, have you gotten that point of where you have, like, the store rats, like,
0: guys who always have, like, their armies ready to go who are just, like, hanging out with you guys? And, like, if someone just randomly stops in and says, I want to play Kill Team, like, do you have that yet of
1: where, like, someone can stop by at any time and get a a game of something in? Not to the level that we've had in our other stores, um, but we have seen a few that I could see, like, once they get used to us and used to coming here, I, I think they'll be... Those guys, they're, they're always a bit of a boon to the community, right? Because then you know, you want, okay, well, so-and-so will be there probably, so I'll, I can just swing by and get a 40K game. i right? just swing by and get a game of magic.
0: All right, because All right, that's, that's how I looked at it, because, like, um, what was it? The old store Flames of War, because mm-hmm. they were always building painting, doing something with Flames of War armies, So, you knew the miniatures were going to be there. So, that brings up, um, can people uh, build, assemble paint in your space yet? Have cause I know some stores have, like, a paint night, mm-hmm. and more of that's to break down that uh, barrier of entry into the game. Because I've, I've been in plenty of stores everywhere, and it's the same thing of where, like, the 14-year-old comes in, and it's normally it's like out of every 10 D&D players, one of them wants to be a tabletop miniature wargamer. And, of course, they've got to bring their parent along. Right. And you as a store owner got to say, well, it's like buying a PlayStation, but you got to put it together and paint it yourself.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, does your store run like those paint nights or like painting tutorials to like um, where like if a customer came in and said, OK, I'll buy this for my kid, but I don't know what. I don't know how to show him
1: how to do this. Do you have a strategy for that? So we have um, a couple different things. There's there's a table we have set aside here that's kind of in the back section. It's a little bit separated from the others that's for building and painting. And we have mats that we bring out uh, if there's more people or if they want to do it up at the other tables. Uh, The only thing we ask is that the people make sure the mats are down when they're doing the painting and building. So if they... uh, slip or anything, any paint doesn't get on the tables. And it's nothing worse <laughs> than getting like, this really fancy new table and then getting super glue <laughs> dropped on it. Well, yeah, because uh,
0: acrylic paint you can get up, yeah. but super glue, once you get on a table surface, you got to like
1: strip it down. It's like taking it. the top of the surface with it. Yeah. <laughs> so we also do uh, a couple different ways of paint night kits. There's uh, WizKids has actually done this really cool paint night kit thing with their, their pre-prime mini where they give you a brush, a certain number of paints, and the model, and just one kit. And we run those probably every four to six weeks in our other locations. We did one yesterday for the grand opening. Uh, and we also, you know, as we're very involved with our community, we, we meet the people who are really into the, the building and painting. And the guys that are interested, we often have them come in, and um, they'll run demos or classes for us as well. Especially during our, like I mentioned, our winter bash and our summer uh, anniversary weekends. And actually one of those, he actually works up here and lives in Fredericksburg. So now he goes to two of our stores. Oh, okay. And he was here yesterday running a painting class. He's actually essentially a pro painter. He gets, takes commissions and he's, he's fantastic. Um, we actually have his card at the, at the register because people are like, Hey, if I'm looking to get something painted nice... Do you guys have any connections? Like, here you go. <laughs> Jerry <Jared> Brown, <laughs> he does amazing work. My my uh, new FLGS, they do that. They have a
0: couple local painters out there and they have their business cards up front just for anyone who, you know, you don't. Time's the issue, isn't it? Right. it may not even be, might not be talent, but time.
1: Is yeah, like... We have a, a couple different ones in each of our store. Um, we ha- The only one we have here now is uh, the man I just just mentioned cuz we want to make sure that the people are on the up and up before we start okay. painting and have okay uh, cuz everybody's got horror stories that they've heard or taken part of where they gave an army to somebody and that person disappeared or yeah. it took a year to paint the whole thing or something yeah
0: i can understand that I... so,
1: as we get to know the community here i'm sure we'll meet more uh, that will will put them forward because this guy is upstanding and his skill is great or he, he'll get it done for you really fast, whatever you're looking for. Because our Fredericksburg store, we've got the same guy and then another guy who's, um, he, he advertises he does tabletop quality. So it's, it's not great painting, but he'll do it for you and he'll do it for you fast. Okay. Um so something I
0: walked in and saw is you have a little tiny fridge. Are those drinks for sale, or are those the staff is that the staff's fridge? That's our drinks for sale. Yeah. Why such a small refrigerator? Because I know a lot of people find the margins on the drinks. I know you're next to a grocery store, so you might have a hard time competing there. Um, and you got that Italian place across the street, but most people I saw getting the drinks have like huge refrigerators, just filled with drinks, because they know like I'm making fifty percent easy
1: on the drinks and that turns over. Why the little fridge? That, that surprised me. But even if you're making large margins on the waters and the, the sodas and such, it, there's not enough going out that it, it really matters. It, maybe it pays for, like, your electric bill for the month or something. in um, our other stores, we kind of base it off of, of them, right? They have much larger game space and we sell, say, 300 drinks in a week or something. Uh, so we kind of looked at it and it was like, based on this game space how much would we actually need so we got this fridge to kind of try it out with the idea that like, we can always just get a larger one. We, we've talked about getting a vending machine okay. uh, to see what, what works and it's working out so far but again we're, we're one month into this so <laughs> once people get to know we're here and, and we get more customers in maybe maybe we're going to have to move to a larger one well, you never—I mean, this is Northern Virginia, and the
0: Starbucks across the street from you closed. So yeah. maybe we can get you an espresso machine in there, and like, yeah, that'd be cool. We can get rid of all that game stuff and just be another coffee shop, yeah. <laughs> cafe and game. <laughs> yeah, there
1: we go. <laughs> We've talked about before doing. Um, there's companies that'll stock you with like pre-made sandwiches, and since they're pre-made and, and sealed, you don't need to have a uh, uh, health code or a health. Uh, yeah, in, the, in the city of Alexandria, as long as you don't
0: make the sandwich, you don't need the, the health inspection of okay. in a restaurant. Yeah, there's a nearby store. <laughs> this is just an aside, but I, I was in there when um, the manager stopped by and said, Are you making sandwiches out of here? Yeah, I, I figured if we're carrying these three types of sandwiches, I just make a couple of other ones and sell those too. Like,
1: you can't do that. Yeah. No, <laughs> stop that. <laughs> No, we're not we're not set up with the health department like that yeah. so we've thought about doing stuff like that as like not as a, a restaurant but so you have more than just uh, you know chips and cookies and candy and stuff
0: well so that I'd say that's the that's the difference I noticed like because this is like my third time at your store I came by unannounced and I, I know the area pretty well walking around so you've got grocery stores you have some of the finer fine dining establishments in the northern Virginia area I mean you've got like, um, James. there's like a James Beard Uh award-winning chef like a mile from here, So, (laughs) but you don't have any fast food. So you have restaurants and you have grocery stores that will sell you the element of food, but you don't actually have a fast food. So I I know if you're trying to pack in a lot of games, it's like, well, I don't want to leave the store for an hour just to get something to eat, and I don't want to just eat a bag of Cheetos, which is something no game tabletop miniature player ever said. Um, but it's just a hypothetical. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I could see where the sandwiches would fit in until, like, you know, they put a second Taco Bell up here. Right. Yeah. Went a little bit closer. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's talk about uh, the social medias in case someone wants to find you. What social medias do they have and what, um,
1: what handle do you use? So our big focus right now is Facebook and Discord. And uh, Facebook is your hobby place, Alexandria. Um, and I think the actual URL is facebook.com slash YHB Alexandria. And uh, we use that for showcasing new products, showcasing uh, customers, armies, like if they paint something up and they're proud of, like we'll post it up on there. Uh, events, all kinds of stuff. And then our Discord... Um, you can get to it through our Facebook, or we have QR codes in the store that you can scan, and it'll take you to the Discord server. Um, that, uh, that one's just YHP Alexandria as well, and that's been used pretty... It's already the most active one of our three stores. <laughs> really? It's just started, okay. which is really interesting. I guess it's, it's much busier up here, and it's quicker to find people to play games with you uh, in the Discord, so I think that's what people are using right now. Um, so those are the two w- main ones. Uh, we also have, there's a, a one called I Am Game 4 that not a lot of people know about, but I think it's a really cool idea. It's basically a social media to announce like what games you're looking for. Um, and stores can use it to put up events as well. Uh, but the whole idea is like a social media that you sign up and say, like, I'm looking to play Warhammer 40k in this area. Oh, the old Game 4 app? Yeah, Game 4. Um,
0: Tabletop Minions Mm -hmm. is always pushing that Is that back up and running and working for you guys?
1: It's just like the the basics of it is We don't use it very much um, Because we used it in Fredericksburg And I didn't see that much of a uh, use from the customer's side But I was curious if this area would be more useful to have it So I've used Before they shut down the
0: app Mm -hmm. I used it in this area and other areas I think it was just it hadn't hit critical mass yet. And I I know they decided to pull back on the app and go to, like, a web base with an an app-facing feature just to make it easier to use um, and to, like, rejigger it to, like, get it back out there. So I I was – you're the first person I've – like, store owner I've seen, (laughs) like, even bring up that app. So – because I loved the idea of where I could go around and say – like i said i have my car i have a ton of games with me <laughs> the issue is you know making that uh match game connection right. there finding somebody especially if you're not from the area finding well, we, somebody to play. we don't we don't have a, a gaming answer to tinder out mm. there there's no like right. like hey i want to play black powder red earth swipe yeah, right, swipe
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be interesting
0: yeah that's you know actually saying it out loud
1: I, I could see using that. Yeah, that might actually be a good idea. There we go. It's <laughs> got a million dollar idea right, right, right there.
0: there. <laughs> All right, uh so as that person peels out. <laughs> before we wrap up uh the day here, um, is there anything else uh you'd like to bring up or mention before we close out? Anything else
1: you didn't cover? Well I think uh thing I want to note from, from our stores is that we, I mentioned Historicon earlier, it's the uh, Historical Miniatures Gaming Society but they do sci-fi and fantasy now as well they're doing a show up in Lancaster from Wednesday to Sunday this week uh, that we're going to be there, we're going to be the largest booth there and sponsoring some games and running demos so if anybody is going to be near Lancaster or going to the show, stop by and see us uh, we'd love to meet you uh, and we're doing a big event across all three stores in August, August um, 20th and 21st, because this year is both our first store's 15-year anniversary and our second store's five-year anniversary. So we're doing a joint anniversary this time. So usually we do, uh, Martinsburg does a bash in September, so they open in September in Fredericksburg in June, uh, and we're doing in between in August this time. Uh, and it's going to be a really big event with... Um, I think five different companies are sending representatives across the three stores. We're going to have a whole bunch of different demos, specials, giveaways, and event-style, like, convention-style games going on the whole weekend. Um, Some food trucks are coming out in each one. So it's basically going to be, like, a a weekend bash that we're we're pretty excited about. So if anybody uh, is in the area or want to make the trip to either Martinsburg, Fredericksburg, or Alexandria, all three stores are going to be participating in it. It's going to be a lot of... uh, a lot of fun so make it out if they can
0: now, that sounds like a good time do you um i haven't been to the event up in pennsylvania because mm-hmm. i was here there's a time it was bouncing between like virginia and pennsylvania mm-hmm. where they're doing that whole i don't understand the drama behind what went on with the hotel venues there
1: but how big of an event would you say that is so it's a uh, historicon ends up being about 2500 people uh, which, as far as con- gaming conventions go, is not the hugest or largest, but it is the largest historical miniatures one in the U.S. Um, so it's it's always been a, a good time. I've been going to them. Like my father took me to them w- when I was four, so okay. <laughs> I grew up going to these. I, I love the conventions. Uh, and they, This is only the second time in the new venue, which is the Lancaster uh, Convention Center. So uh, a little bit larger of an area with uh, it's downtown too so it's surrounded by a bunch of food and, and other stuff to do for the significant others that don't play gaming games and such to take part in but they, they have all kinds of stuff lots of tournaments, convention style games, they've got vendor hall where we'll be uh, they've got a flea market and they also do um, what they call the military college which is basically lectures on historical stuff by like, people from or, like actual historians
0: Oh yeah, so you're Carlisle, Pennsylvania. The
1: Army War College is there, so they stop by. Yeah, they they uh, they send some people sometimes. Okay. The convention itself just calls that section of it the military college, but oh, it's not okay. like sponsored by them or anything. Okay. Very well. Oh, stop by Gettysburg on your way up there. Right. Yeah. It's not yeah. far. And uh, we used to combine it with a trip to. Um, Hershey for Hershey Park. You go to Hershey Park and then go to
0: the convention. You know, so I went to Hershey Park once mm-hmm. and I have to say I both love their zoo and was offended by it because like when you look at the box of animal crackers and you just see animals behind cages, that is literally the Hershey Zoo of where mm-hmm. it's a cement pad with bars and they put an animal in there for you to gawk at. Uh, horrible for the animal but a really great way to see them up close. Right. it's like, um,
1: the be- <laughs> the mixed use there. <laughs> it's like the, the benefit and then, but it's terrible for the animal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's
0: horrible. I yeah. might have to take that part out. <laughs> oh, all right, Matt. Well, thank you very much for uh, sitting down for the last hour or so and, yeah, no uh, problem. talking about your new store. Um, so I'm definitely going to uh, use some of your features, um, To set up some games there uh, that I brought along, and i um, so happy that you're actually like an acceptable walking distance for uh, those in like Old Town Alexandria. So great. So, if you're ever in the Alexandria area, you know you're stopping by the mall. You're actually um, probably flying into Reagan uh, National Airport, and what, you're only two metro stops from there? Okay, nice you're, which means you're two metro stops from where Nova Open takes place mm-hmm. every year. So Uh, really great location. I'm really hoping it works out. Yeah, me too. I'm very excited about it. Well, thank you for joining us at Miniature Wargaming Labs and we'll talk to you next time.